Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello everyone, I am Malik from Mint's personal finance team. In today's episode of Why Not Mint Money, I'll be speaking with a very special guest. He has data-backed insights on many things: mutual funds, the stock markets, and on how to create long-term investment portfolios. Not just that, he is also a prolific blogger and he is a strong believer in the power of compounding. This is someone who interviewed me a few years ago and today I have a chance to interview him though in a very different context. I'd like to welcome Arun Kumar, the head of research at Funds India and my former manager to this episode of Why Not Mint Money to talk to us about his personal finance journey. Hi Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey. Hi Arun, how are you doing? Hey, hi uh, Maulik, I'm doing great and uh, and as you told it's it's <laughs> the tables have turned so it's, it's I'm super excited and look forward to this uh, interaction with you. Yeah, I am also very happy to have you here and really looking forward to this conversation. So Arun, before I get to you know the questions about how you manage your personal finance, why don't you tell our listeners about uh, a little about your blog, The 8020 Investor? Yeah, sure. So so basically uh, I I started uh, this blog around 2015. So in essence what had happened was uh, I was a part of the uh, research team for a large wealth management firm called Wealth Advisors India. So I'd spent almost close to around four years there. So I had some. I had a. I was probably lucky uh, to be at the right place, right time. So one, I had access to almost all the best fund managers in India. So inevitably, every week you get to listen to uh, some of these really, really intelligent and and like proven investors. And the second part is that we were also internally doing a lot of uh, stuff. We were doing a lot of stuff around. how to build portfolios asset allocation uh, all the valuation models so we were we were uh, doing several uh, things uh, there and on top of it we also had the additional vantage point that you actually had clients right i mean right. all said and then whatever we do unless and until clients are able to execute it there is no point so we were also able to see the actual behavioral pitfalls the patterns and all that yeah. so i had this unique vantage point of you know all these three coming together so that's when i thought hey a, a lot of stuff which i'm 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 getting to know here is not discussed outside so so why not kind of you know start sharing it to the outside and the other thing which i realized at that point time almost everything related to investing was about picking stocks right and picking stocks is insanely difficult and and it's probably meant for very very small percentage of the population eventually i also didn't enjoy stock picking so i was more like a a fund uh, investor at that point i might transition to a fund so i just thought okay there's nobody writing about a uh, simple stuff like outsourcing it to a good fund manager how to pick funds and how to do asset allocation stuff like that and then the third part was most of it was also us based so there was no indian uh, uh, fund related uh, uh, stuff out there so net net i thought maybe i'll put together uh, uh, all these interesting uh, concepts around how do you uh, build portfolios pick funds especially and then all the uh, asset allocation strategies and try to bring some behavioral uh, uh, insights and in. that was the thought process and that's how i started the name in terms of 80 20 again it's it's from the pareto law right like 20% of efforts 
give you 80% of results and i could see it uh, over and over again repeating in in different formats and our own form and like if you, and and in different formats if you recently read through uh, prashant jain's newsletter he had also mentioned that in his entire career yeah. there's probably few decisions which gave the the most disproportional uh, outcomes so the essence was can i can i distill down that small uh, uh, but very very critical items that if uh, a lot of people get right then probably they are sorted so they don't need that it doesn't need to be too complex or they don't need to work really hard to figure out their investment portfolio just small little things but once you get it right and you automate it then it investing can be effortless and at the same time you can get probably 80 80% of the uh, the results right so that was the idea behind the name uh, 80 20 investor i wanted to be that guy who focuses on simplicity and uh, uh, probably i could have named it lazy investor but but yeah but i thought this sounded a little more fancy so so yeah so that's how this started yeah no it's definitely very an eye catching uh, you know name for a blog i mean how do you manage the time for it as in you know you have like a full time hectic job to be honest i've been a little uh, uh, slow on the blog in the last two years because uh, uh, see, usually i used to write on every saturday now i i also write on funds india's blog so net net i didn't want to replicate the same thing again because it's it's, it's you're writing the same thing again and i i was also working on a book so so that also took a lot of my uh, weekends would you like to tell us a little about this book and you know when do we expect it to be out sure so the book is titled again the same name 80 20 investing oh, nice. how to behave your way to wealth so the essence is yeah the the basics would remain the same so the idea was can we look at it in terms of levels where probably your level 1 would be just to build your mindset around uh savings and and you know spending also nobody talks about spending it's like save everything right that's yeah. not the way we we work so how do we think about spending how do we think about saving level 2 would be on how do you get the basics done like your emergency fund your life insurance your health insurance and then the level 3 would be like cover your short term like the next 5 years how do you plan for it because these are reasonably certain that you will need that money mm-hmm. and so how do you invest for that the fourth bucket would be the more i mean fourth level would be the most important one which is your essential long term where you bring in all this uh, so we, i have built a framework called abcde where asset allocation uh, b will for b, b will be for bubble markets and then c will be for crisis so how do you handle asset allocation with in a normal time mm-hmm. and in a bubble market and in a crisis uh, kind of a scenario and then how do you decide on product which will be for d and then e is like how do you enter and exit which will cover sip how do you invest a lump sum and like finally you need the money out at some point eh? so how do you take it out so so and then finally it would be mostly at the last level would be on the behavioral side of it you put all this together but but then the the, the nuances of different uh, uh, behavioral uh, mistakes happen right how do you address it so that's how we i put it together so hopefully it should be out um, i mean i'm just uh, in the very early stages i'm just trying to reach out to publications and try to uh, uh, figure out how to get it published so so maybe 3 uh, to 6 months uh, away all the best for the book uh, arun thank you thank you so much molly now kind of you know coming to your personal investments so you know to start with just would like to understand what is your uh, you know current asset mix like so suppose we talk about equity debt real estate gold or even alternative assets what's your broad split between uh, these uh, asset classes yeah so my broad split has roughly always been somewhere close to around 80% in equity the remaining 20% in debt mostly it is plus or minus 5% in this bank 
and within equity um do you also do like direct investing in stocks or are you like all for mutual funds so when i started initially like uh, the the thought was that hey why should i do mutual funds uh, it is it is diversified across 40 50 stocks so i am better off picking uh, stocks and then i and then i found that it is too much of effort and and beating a fund manager or an index is insanely insanely difficult though i was from the industry i had all access to bloomberg terminals all research reports so then i realized it's it's insanely difficult and and inherently i also did not enjoy it which is which is the, which is the most important truth sure. so what uh, so whatever i i built at the earlier stage like few good stocks which are reasonably well known names and i let it run for a long period of time but but generally i would probably have around 10% of my equity portfolio into direct stocks and these are largely very very well known names and and mostly i am a, i am a, a, a fund investor by heart so arun also in terms of you know uh, the market cap so when we again talk about your equity portfolio how much of it is you know uh, towards large caps mid caps and uh, small caps mostly what i have done essentially is to give it to uh, funds which don't have a, a constraint of going into mid or small or or large so i mostly my portfolio has been into these flexi cap kind of strategies where it's the it's a blend of large mid and uh, small uh, but but i've i've also done some uh, analysis around mid and small caps and i found that at least for a sip portfolio which also which i which i run a, a small i mean a, a sip every month right. so for that mid caps actually make a lot of sense so somehow by it's no, i have not consciously thought about it yeah. but mid caps have i've not i've not really gone with mid caps for a very very long uh, time because in 2018 i wrote a blog saying mid caps had become expensive and somehow from there on like i i completely missed this uh, whole mid cap as a bucket it is most i mean you would obviously have it in my portfolio through the flexi cap fund but right. i have not directly uh, uh, invested in mid cap but that is something that i'll probably want to uh, build it out as a structural part of my portfolio over the next 2 3 years okay got it sure yeah if you were to kind of decide to take like exposure to say a specific mid cap fund what fund would that be Uh, see the way i generally look at mid and uh, small cap segment is i wanted to come from uh, a reasonably good uh, fund manager and if they are going through say underperformance then it kind of uh, makes me a lot more excited so probably somebody like dsp mid cap or franklin prima there nobody likes them at this juncture would perfectly tick my box in terms so that's that's inherently my style where i like good fun, i look at good fund managers who are going through 3 to 5 year underperformance and i generally bet on them and eventually over 3 to 5 years it works out well for me at a, at an aggregate level so these are so these kind of funds would would would, uh, would be attractive to me or i also look at uh, funds which are new but they already have a track uh, record so let's say somebody like Vito Capital, which is coming into the MF industry, they have just launched there, so they won't have the size issue uh, for some point in time, and they also have a good. So I'm not saying I, I will be investing there, but in yeah. terms of how I look at funds, these are this is how I my universe uh, gets built, and out of three, maybe I'll pick one or two. Uh, then Arun, kind of just going back in time, uh, you know, since you've been investing for such a long time. Uh, what was like your first ever mutual fund uh, pick and uh, you know did it do well and how did it fare over the years 
Yeah, actually, my first investment pick was the ELSS fund, and that because I only initially I I thought maybe I shouldn't do mutual fund. I should be a stock picker, and then I was I mean uh, I mean everybody is forced to do the uh, ELSS. So so I I think I my first pick was uh, Franklin uh, Tax Shield uh, at that juncture, okay. uh, and in fact uh, in fact the realization came after three years when I realized that. all my efforts for picking stocks and then finally i saw the returns franklin i mean i didn't even compare it with the peers i just yeah. compared it to myself and then i realized this fund has beaten me left right center so <laughs> that was probably my first uh, uh, humbling moment where i i really realized that hey the better to leave it to experts okay and in terms of like you know the overall uh, return so arun like what has been like your overall portfolio return since inception Yeah, so I started in 2014, but mostly my large investments, uh, the, the the large part of it got built after 2017. So right now the return should be somewhere close to around 18%. Okay. Uh, uh, and 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 yeah, the the major reasons was one, I was able to uh, invest a lot more amount during the COVID falls. We had some money coming from outside and and all that. So that was one. And the the second part was that. Uh, mostly i did only few funds and then these and two of the funds which i do uh, i do publicly through my blog also which is parak parik and uh, uh, i pro india opportunities both were uh, not doing well when i invested I, again the same framework either it's a new fund manager which is already having a proven track record yes. i pro india opportunities was nobody was touching it it was it was doing really really bad mm-hmm. but but yeah it it worked out like uh, Really, really well for my portfolio, and and most of the other picks were also like that. As I told okay. you, mostly it will be fund managers who are doing uh, badly, uh, but have a, a long proven track record. And 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 generally, I would not cross say five six funds at an overall portfolio level. Okay, okay. So that so lesser you... number of funds, and 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 I don't try to time the markets. Once I am in, I'm generally I I let it run. So again, as I told you, the idea is keep it really, really simple. and figure out what really will matter after 10 15 years mm-hmm. and only focus on that otherwise like conserve your energy as much as possible that's true in fact if we were to like talk about you know like you said you would at max go for say five to six funds in your portfolio uh which would be like the three big the biggest fund holdings in your portfolio so right now it will be parak parik flexi was one and then i pro india opportunities and then hdfc flexi cap we had gone big on that Okay. Uh, we in the sense both me and my wife invest, so okay. so both of us put together. So we had gone big on it probably a, a one one and a half two years back. Okay. Um, because again the same concept. Prashant Jain was a great fund manager going through a very very long stretch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Arun, kind of now you know moving from the big eighty percent part of your portfolio to the twenty percent. Um. So you know you said about twenty percent is in debt. Uh. So where where do you invest in uh, debt? Is it again mutual funds? yeah debt is purely mutual funds and and see debt i usually look at it as a behavioral support system so i am not there to increase returns by 1% taking credit risk trying to time the interest rate cycle because net net at 20% it really doesn't move the needle the way i look at it is let's say market falls 30 40% i uh, if i don't do anything then i i feel very anxious so i need some Perse- uh, some control over my portfolio and some action to do so that yeah. i get distracted for arguments like it goes on for 2 years now what do i do for 2 years every day i see it is down right mm-hmm. so i need some action point to be done so which is where i've kept like some trigger saying at 20% fall i'll do i'll move x amount from here to there 
at 30 i will do this at 40 i will do that and 50 i'll do this. so which means that i end up looking forward to a fall and mostly it is through either arbitrage funds or uh, low duration funds which are very very high credit quality in nature i don't do anything fancy on the debt side oh okay do you have like a set emergency corpus that you've kind of set aside yeah earlier i i didn't religiously follow this but inevitably i found that something or the other came up and 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 so right now mostly i try to maintain at least 6 months to 8 months but inevitably i always find that if there is an investment opportunity i i get attempted to take that out and then i kind of replenish it now theoretically i am not supposed to do it right. but i more often than not end up doing that so my emergency is also become my opportunity buying portfolio at some point in time sure. but i am trying to make it uh, i am trying to not touch it and instead like use my uh, debt portfolio for that i think it it, it makes a lot of sense i am trying to be more disciplined about it but but i haven't done a great job around it to be honest okay got it got it um also you know like you are very financially savvy so uh, but you know like when it comes to your personal finances do you also involve your spouse actually she is she is like uh, she is involved a lot more than me so okay. she is far more risk uh, she she is like 10x more uh, a higher risk taker than me because she she runs a business and inherently she is she is a far higher risk taker this whole covid investments which i told i got a little scared because a lot of things were happening but i told her that hey this will be the the plan so even if i panic you are supposed to uh, push me so i think we kind of complement each other i i'm like more uh, uh, what will go wrong kind of a person she is more like what right kind of a person so so yeah but we are both uh, equally involved and uh, we are very very active both of us know exactly what is happening uh, in terms of our portfolio oh very nice that's great in fact now like you know we're kind of uh, nearing the end of 2022 so uh, do you have like any new year resolutions i mean if you even believe in the concept of that i have tried several things but uh, somehow it, it never seems to work but but uh, at least from a from a uh, wealth point of view uh, most of it is reasonably structured we've kind of figured out a system and which is automated so at least like i'm happy about the way it's, it's kind of uh, working Well, now the main focus is on the health part, so that like uh, at least we we uh, reasonably healthy enough to enjoy uh, the proceeds or whatever the the, the hard work that into the wealth. We'll also need to put it on the health front. So maybe I'll uh, want to become a lot more regular uh, at my gym and maybe take care uh, a little more on the diet side, which is is very hard for me. But but yeah, this is something which I will probably attempt yet again uh, this year. <laughs> No, all the very best. May you meet all your uh, resolutions this year. So thank you, thank you so much, uh, Molly. Thank you so much. Yeah, Arun, you know what? This has been like such an enjoyable conversation. I mean, afternoon calls are generally, you know, when you're kind of dozing off. But I had a really great time chatting with you. So thanks a lot for your uh, time, Arun. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks, Arun, Molly. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. So, listeners, that's it for now. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any personal finance questions you can email them to us at mintmoney@livemint.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter my Twitter handle is @molik_madhu that is m a u l i k m a d h u
This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.